0: What's up, everyone? It's Michael Scotto, Hoops NBA writer and host of the Hoops Hype podcast. The Utah Jazz have been one of the surprise stories of the NBA this season, competing for a playoff spot after trading stars Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert before the season. With that in mind, I'm happy to be joined by Jazz rookie Ochai Agbaji on the latest edition of the Hoops Hype podcast to talk about Utah's ride this season and what it's been like for him and his rookie campaign with Utah. Ochai, I appreciate you joining me, brother. How's everything your way?
1: Good, good. Uh, thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure, man. I, I got to say, being out in Utah, I don't know how many Starbucks you have out there, but if you do, I think you need to get an Ochai latte. You gotta, there's got to be some marketing sponsorship stuff that you can get done there. That'd be the first thing <laughs> I'd be trying to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't looked into it, but I actually do like Chai Latte. It's a lot.
0: ironic. I tell you, man, it's something to keep an eye on as you continue to make your rise. Um, first thing I wanted to ask you, brother, especially now that we're in kind of the March Madness season, for you, you had an opportunity to play four years in college. And in today's league, you don't always see that as much. Obviously, when you, the more you play in college, you kind of come in a little more prepared for the NBA game. But I'm curious from your perspective, what did those four years do for you? Um, in preparation for going to the NBA?
1: Yeah, uh, I think number one, you know, that comes with, with the four years is the experience. Um, playing at, at Kansas, playing at that high level night in, night out, um, you know, for four years, really taught you a lot. You have go through ups and downs throughout the season. So you kind of have to, you know, waver through that and, and push through that. So um, it's a grind, um, especially, you know, playing Big 12, all that stuff. Um, you, you get a lot of experience out of that.
0: When you look at kind of the way other guys in, in the NBA come in, maybe at a younger age and whatnot, do, do you think it maybe hastened your learning curve a little bit there?
1: Um, in a way, I mean, just I would say hasten, or I would say you know, for my learning curve, a little bit, um, just because you know they have been in that pro game, they're they're playing the pro basketball, they're they're learning the rules, all that stuff, um, you know, before me. Uh, which is different from the college level. So I think that's the only thing.
0: Then you get into the league and kind of, you're welcome to the NBA moment is okay. You get drafted and Cleveland takes you. And then before you know it, boom, you're off to Utah and arguably be the biggest blockbuster trade of the off season. And, and you land in Utah. Um, what was going through your mind at that point? Uh, before you even got to begin your career when, when you're involved in such a huge blockbuster trade and going from thinking you're going to be, you know, in Cleveland and then going to Utah with a totally different group.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's totally new. I mean, it was totally new for me, um, you know, being traded out of nowhere, you know, not even playing a single game for, for the team that drafted you. But uh, in a way it was, I saw it as, you know, good opportunity, new, new and good opportunities for me. Um, you know, here in Utah. So it, it was good, um, you know, coming here uh, with that trade and all the new pieces that we've gotten here. Um, I think it's, 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 a, it's a step forward in the, in the right direction for this organization.
0: And for you, you've gotten a chance to play more and, and score more incrementally over the, the months of the season. But one of the things you do is you're guarding the top scorer sometimes on another team defensively. And I'm curious with that in mind, has there been any fun moments or trash talk uh, while doing so with, with maybe a, a high caliber player that you can share with us?
1: Um, the only one I can really remember, I mean, we, we played uh, a game last night and actually, you know, Dave and I, we've worked out in the past, these past few years. Um, so it was kind of a, a cool moment to, to go against him and guard him. Um, but I want to say, I think we, we had Philadelphia at home. Um a few weeks ago and uh Joel Embiid I think scored a, a post take over me and uh slapped me on the butt walking uh, running down the court and just like rock chalk. So it was it was a, it was a funny moment. Um, but it was it was cool that I kinda of did that.
0: <laughs> I'm just laughing well, first of all, in fairness to you, Joel Embiid's done that to a lot of guys. I don't think you're the first guy he scored on <laughs> in what yeah. could in what could be an MVP season for him. That that's cool with the the rock chalk jayhawk um stuff. I mean, when you have been trying to, to guard guys in today's NBA compared to, you know, when you were in college, um, any, anything stick out to you about just like the higher level of competition when you're guarding these guys and how you either have to adapt your game, whether it's maybe film study or, uh, a technique or anything you've learned that that's helped you try to be more effective on that side of the ball.
1: Yeah, I think I think the thing that's that's kind of challenging but really cool at the same time is how how unique all these different all these players that I'm guarding are. Um, you know, not one matchup is is the same as the other. So every single night, uh, you know, going in with different film, different hell from the coaches, and um, just kind of watching film on my own on what the what that player likes to do and um, how I can make make his uh, make his life tough that night. So um, that's the biggest thing is just keying in on, on making it tough and. Also, another thing is just getting used to the physicality um, of playing on defense. You know, that in this, this day and age, I feel like, um, you know, it's kind of harder for the defender because, you know, the offense, offensive player is always at an advantage, you know, with the, with the dribble and, you know, uh, drawing contact and, and drawing fouls like that. So um, just, just being smart about, you know, keeping my hands back, all that stuff like that is something.
0: And for you, lately towards the uh, stretch run of the season, you've been starting a little bit, given uh, some injuries to the team in your own play as well, putting up about 13 a game. As you've gone through the season now, and, and we're here in late March as we're recording, what have been the things that you've learned, whether it's on the court or off the court, maybe from sleeping habits, anything like that, like on planes, that you've got it uh, adjusted to now. And, and it's something that maybe the average fan wouldn't know about being an NBA rookie.
1: Um, I think really just, I think finding your routine, your everyday routine, um, in the NBA life. Um, it's, it's fast paced, but sometimes it can be slow. Sometimes you have a lot of free time. Sometimes you're, you're on the road, busy back to backs like that. So it's really, really finding routine, whether it's game day routine or just a normal practice day routine. um, Uh, Makes makes a lot of things easier, uh, makes it simpler, and makes I feel like it makes the time go by faster.
0: You guys are relatively a younger team compared to others in the league. I mean, when you guys are flying home from a game, and you know you're on an overnight flight, what's the vibe like on on the plane? And what what are you guys kind of doing at night? Because I mean, sometimes I'll text some players, and they're up at like two o'clock in the morning. It depends on what coast they're on, but. What's the vibe like in, uh, on a Utah Jazz kind of flight back after a game?
1: Uh, I would say it depends. Depends on the game. Whether the game was you know harder that night than another night. But uh, sometimes, or most of the times, people are sleeping. I usually don't sleep. I'll be up, uh, just kind of scrolling through my phone, playing playing video games or just listening to music. Um, most of the guys sleep though. I think that's that's a big thing. Those overnight flights, guys are usually sleeping on that. So.
0: So if you don't sleep on a flight, when are you sleeping? You got to get some rest.
1: <laughs> when I get into the hotel room, like it's it's instantly when I touch the bed, I'm out. So it's it's. I think it's more of a bed. I got to be in a bed situation.
0: I got you. Trust me. I try to get the extra leg room on JetBlue, and I'm not passing out as much <laughs> either.
1: <No>. But um,
0: <laughs> for the team overall, I mean, you guys are in the playing conversation right now, and and it's it, the whole entire Western Conference is just. So close. It's like a a bunch of sardines like packed in a can the way you guys are in regards to this playoff push um, that you guys are trying to make right now inside the locker room. How much talk about there is that on a day to day basis? And and I mean, is that uh, a defined goal for this young group at this point?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it is a, it is a goal um, for us. We, we talk about it a lot. I feel like in the locker room, Um, just kind of normal, normal day conversations, you know, checking the standings, checking what other teams are doing. You know, it's, it's kind of hard not to pay attention to it um, when you're in it. So um, I mean, this throughout the, this this past, I want to say two months, the Western conference has been, you know, a battle Um, every single game means something um, I think, which is fun. So uh, we're, we're locking in and focusing, focusing on these next, these next games, these next few weeks that we have um, to, to make that playing push.
0: Now, I mean, I, I don't think this is a secret, but outside of Utah, a lot of people around the league, whether it's media, rival executives, what have you, even I would say some fans, after you guys make those trades that I touched on, were you giving up your two top star players in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? You know, there's like this thought of all right, they're gonna to go to like a full scale rebuild. Um and and you know, a lot of times the phrase tanking would get thrown around. Now I know you guys aren't trying to tank, obviously you're out there playing and compete. But when you guys I'm first of all, two-parter, did you guys hear the noise about the low expectations for you guys and the, the quote unquote tanking coming into the year? And if so, what was, was it bulletin board material? Like, how did you guys feel about that in the locker room?
1: Um, I think, you know, like, just like the standings and everything else, it's kind of hard not to pay attention to stuff like that. You know, that's kind of frontline news. Here you see it some places. But really, I think that gave everyone a chip on their sh- shoulder um, early on in the season that we kind of just carried on. Still have that chip on our shoulder now. Um, you know, every night going out there and competing and playing hard. Um, no matter what, but uh, really, that created that chip on a, on our shoulder for us. And um, like I said, we just been carrying that.
0: When you guys, when you talk about like the chip on on your shoulder, I'm curious: did like Will Hardy use that as bulletin board material, or did somebody like in the locker rooms maybe specifically like have a chat with you guys and and point it out or anything like that?
1: I'd say it was more collectively, um, Coach Hardy collectively guys too we all kind of came together you know we had our meetings teams meetings and all that um we talked about this stuff and talked about having that chip and playing with that chip every night and not forgetting about you know what what people were saying before the season um we didn't have that success and um trying to continue and build on that success
0: so to others around the league this is a little bit of a quote-unquote surprise team i would say you know the way like you guys and 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 other people will mention like the Oklahoma city thunder doing better relatively compared to expectations. So that's what everybody else thinks. But when you guys were in training camp and this team was formed, what were, I guess, expectations for yourselves going into the season. And then even at the trade deadline, after you guys moved Malik and, and Jared and, uh, and, and the Russell Westbrook trade and, and then he got bought out of course.
1: Yeah. I think really, really coming in and, um, Having that chip, um, I think it was, was kind of weird because we didn't put a lot of pressure on ourselves or expectations on ourselves early on. Um, we saw on paper, you know, all the, all the pieces that we had and really didn't get together until, you know, training camp, preseason games and all that. But we really did see something special, um, you know, with the guys that we had there early on. And then obviously after the trade deadline, um, things changed up, but, but still we felt confident and, and uh, good with our group and group guys that we have have now.
0: One of the bigger surprises and and kind of the, the leader of your team has been Lowry markin this year. Um, this is a guy obviously that got his first all star nod. could be somewhere in there maybe for an all nBA uh, selection possibly i'm I'm curious from your standpoint um, what's it been like to watch his growth this year and and how has he been as a teammate because I, I i didn't know if he was kind of a a vocal locker room guy or anything like that or more of a, I'm going to show you and, and follow my lead kind of guy?
1: Yeah, no, Lowry's, Lowry's more of the, the follow my lead in a way. Um, I think, you know, a lot of, the, a lot of guys probably want him to be a little bit more vocal, a vocal leader, but I think he does a, a great job at it. Um, and he's been doing a great job at leading our team throughout this season. Um, just to see his jump and his strides, obviously, you know, I've I paid attention to him or not paid attention, but I've seen him his progress in his his years in Chicago and Cleveland. Um, But coming here was, was uh, obviously a really, really good move for him too. Um, You know, the jump he's made this year has been tremendous and um, big for his career and and his career moving forward.
0: And obviously your, uh, your fellow rookie teammate Walker Kessel has been getting some pub a little bit as uh, you know, this guy's like blocking uh, shots. Like he's a fly swatter out there um, for some bugs. I mean, Coming into the into the season and, I mean, what you've seen now, when you look at the rookie class, I mean, what have you seen from Walker Kessler this year and, and what his maybe future upside could be in this league?
1: Um, I mean, I just see a winner. I see a winner in Walker um, more than anything, more than his, his scoring, his block shots. Just a winner. Um, knows how to play the right way, wants to do the, the right things, willing to do the right things no matter what. Um, and that's kind of like me. So, um, in a way we're just, just winners and, and gamers. So,
0: and, and you touched a little bit earlier on like Will Hardy and kind of that collective message you guys had. Um, when you look at Will, you know, kind of looks like an average fella, you know, that you would see walking down the street. Um, for those who are outside of the locker room and don't know Will, how would you describe him as a person and a coach?
1: Um, as a person, he's a, he's a great person. Um, you know, cares, cares a lot about everybody. Um, he's really genuine with everybody. Uh, and, and that means a lot, you know, that means a lot to the players just to have a, a, a good person as a coach, um, and just are a better person as a coach than a coach, you know what I mean? Um, but as a coach, he's a, he's, he's great. Um, you know, being in his first year, it's, it's obviously tough. There's a lot of stuff he's, he's, he's going through, um, but obviously, you know, he's, he's remained focused on us and um, our development, and our success uh, throughout this season. So it, I know it's a lot for him to pull on his plate, you know, coming in here with a lot of new pieces, new guys, um, basically new organization um, for him. So uh, but no, he's done a great job.
0: And obviously, I wanted to touch, too, on Danny Ainge, the kind of architect, along with Justin Zanuck for you guys in the front office what was kind of Danny's message to you guys as a group when you got ready for the season and, and, and throughout, because, you know, again, like a lot of people obviously talked about like, you know, the tanking stuff and he kind of came out and pushed back against that. But what, what has been his message to you guys and to you as well, individually coming here in that blockbuster trade?
1: Um, Really uh, collectively as a group, I mean he this kind of the same message that that will have um as far as just going out um competing playing hard every night and having that chip on our shoulder and carrying that with us um throughout the season but individually um for me he told me you know it's a, it's a great opportunity for me here um and that great opportunities were going to come he he said that you know early on in the season when I wasn't playing and all that um that opportunities were going to come for me and um now they're now they're here so uh it's been great um and it's, it's cool having him you know with us.
0: For you in your rookie year, it kind of seems like you've got a little bit of a niche thus far as kind of a three a D guy, at least early on. Um, with that in mind, for you, hopefully this is, you know, I don't know, 10 years plus down the line. You're going to hang up your sneakers one day. And when you do, what are your long-term goals that you'd like to accomplish by the time you do that as you're just starting out now, looking ahead big picture?
1: Um, I mean, first things first, I want to win the championship. Um, I mean, just like I said, just me being a winner, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to win at the highest level. Um, no matter what, no matter how long it takes, uh, that's what I want to do, and that's my main goal. Um, other than that, I think, you know, with winning comes other, you know, personal successes and accolades. So, you know, being an all star, come with that, um, being first team, all NBA, stuff like that. So, Really just winning um, at first, so yeah,
0: as far as being in Utah in the community and being around these fans um what what is it like for you living in Utah and, and being around these fans to to get acclimated to that?
1: It's great um i think I think Utah actually has the best fans in the NBA um, They show up no matter if it's a Monday night, Wednesday night, whatever they're they're there and it's it's sold out every night or seems like it's sold out. It is sold out every night, loud packed. And, uh, they're supporting us no matter what, um, whether we have new players in just players just got traded away. They're still there to support us, um, no matter what. So it's, it's love. You feel the love for sure.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear. And I mean, for you, brother, I appreciate you taking some time out to, to join me on the pod. And before you know it, I'll see you, you guys are coming to town in Brooklyn, uh, early April or and whatnot so yeah, looking forward to yeah, seeing still, you there.
1: We yeah, out there soon. Yep.
0: No doubt my man, I appreciate you joining me and I also want to thank everyone else for tuning in. If you want to hear more episodes of the Hoopside podcast with guest appearances from NBA players like Ochai Agbaji, coaches, executives and media members, you can like and subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can keep up with my tweets on Twitter at Mike A and make sure you're following Ochai as well. He's at Young Oach. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Scotto. Wishing you new and yours all the best. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of
1: uh, human remains that are left. Listen to where secrets go to die: the disappearance of Derek Hennigan.